Everyone loves to listen to a good book, and there are so many wonderful ones to choose, so we decided to bring you this podcast of Stories Come to Life. Each episode features a story from either classic or modern literature, especially chosen to be interesting and exciting to hear. So sit back, relax, and listen to this story come to life. Welcome to Stories Come to Life. I am your host, Catherine Lopez Luker. It is with great pleasure that I am able to announce that Simon & Schuster Publishing Company has given permission for this book to be read out loud and shared on Stories Come to Life until June 30th, 2024. But of course, the episodes that fall under that special permission will all be taken down on that date, so listen now while they're available. Because Nancy Drew is so certain that Nathan Gombat must somehow be involved in the mysterious hauntings at the Turnbull Mansion, she decides she will go to his house to see if she can find a clue that will verify her theory. What she finds is something amazing and even terrifying. Now sit back, relax, and listen to this story come to life. Nancy Drew The Hidden Staircase Chapter 17 Under Cover of Darkness Nancy Drew dressed herself in garments that would resist the rain, and then removed her flashlight and pistol from their hiding places. The latter she examined carefully to make certain it was loaded and ready for instant use. I may need it tonight, she assured herself grimly. No telling what I'll get into. Nancy was in a hurry to get away, and it seemed that the Turnbull sisters were never going to bed. Presently she heard them moving about downstairs and knew they were locking up for the night. After an interminable wait, they came upstairs and went into their respective rooms. A half hour more, and the house was quiet. Now is my chance, Nancy thought, if only I can get out of here without being heard. Hastily slipping into her slicker and pulling a tight-fitting turban over her curly bobbed hair, she picked up her flashlight and revolver. She opened the bedroom door and listened. All was quiet. I feel like a ghost myself, Nancy chuckled, as she tiptoed past Rosemary's room. The floor creaked alarmingly, and she paused, fearful lest she had awakened the Turnbull sisters. She did not wish to frighten them, and neither did she wish to explain why she was prowling about at such a late hour. Apparently the noise had not been heard, for no sound issued from either bedroom. Rosemary and Floretta were both sleeping soundly. After hesitating a moment, Nancy cautiously crept on down the stairway. She groped her way down the stairs, and upon reaching the drawing room, turned on the flashlight. Quietly, she made her way to the front door. As she had expected, it was locked. She felt for the key, but did not find it. Surprised, She flashed her light full upon the lock. The key was not there. Just my luck, she murmured. Rosemary and Floretta must have hidden it somewhere. Softly, she moved through the house to the kitchen and tried the back door. 
It also was locked, and the key likewise was missing. Now I am in a nice mess, Nancy told herself in disgust. There's no hope of ever finding the key. I'll have to go through a window. Rosemary and Floretta had not forgotten to lock the windows, but they had been barred from the inside, and the one in the kitchen offered little resistance when Nancy tried it. Quietly raising it, she crawled through and pushed it down when she had reached the ground. The rain was falling steadily, and a sudden gust of wind blew a wet spray into her face. She did not mind. The blacker and stormier the night, the more effectively it would serve her purpose. She did not light her flashlight, for fear of attracting attention to her movements. Splashing through the mud and water, she tried to pierce the darkness. She could see only a short way ahead, but she knew the exact location of the other house and headed for it. Her heart began to beat faster as she contemplated the adventure before her. If all went as she planned, she hoped to solve the mystery of the Turnbull mansion before she returned. As the outlines of the other stone house gradually emerged from the murkiness of the drizzly night, she experienced a sensation of dread. The night's work was not going to be pleasant. Of that, she was sure. There was something about the house which seemed sinister. Through the mist-like rain, the rays of a light in one of the lower rooms shone forth as if in a half-futile attempt to pierce the gloom, while the rest of the house stood dark and somber. So this was the home of Nathan Gombat, Nancy ruminated. She could not help but feel that the dark, uninviting aspect of the structure provided an abode singularly in keeping with the sinister character of its master. As she stood in the shadow of the tall maples which surrounded the house, she was uncertain of what course would be the wisest to follow. She did not wish to blunder into danger, and she especially dreaded an encounter with Nathan Gombat. Yet, if she accomplished anything, she must enter the house and it must be done this night. She squared her shoulders and stepped forward. At that very moment, the front door of the dwelling opened. Startled, Nancy retreated behind a tree. A man came out of the house. Unmindful of the rain, he stood for several minutes with his face turned in the direction of the Turnbull mansion. It was Nathan Gombat. Nancy recognized him as the light from the window shone full upon his face and clearly defined his features. The stoop of his shoulders was unmistakable. She crouched behind a tree and waited. What did the miser intend to do? Perhaps he was contemplating another visit to the Turnbull mansion. Otherwise, why would he stand there and stare in that direction? Nancy could not know that Nathan was deliberately planning a scheme which boded ill for her. The old miser had just ended a stormy interview with Carson Drew, who was held prisoner in the tower room of the house, and he had made up his mind to bring the lawyer to time by kidnapping his daughter. 
Just how he would get his hands on Nancy he did not know. But as he abruptly started off down the path, he was turning over a number of plans in his head. The time will soon be ripe, <laughs> he chuckled evilly. Unaware that Nathan had been thinking of her, and likewise without a suspicion that she stood within a stone's throw of the room where her father was imprisoned, Nancy Drew considered what she had best to do. There's not much use to trail Nathan, she decided. After all, he may not visit the Turnbull house, and this will be my only opportunity to visit his house. It was pure luck he left just when he did. Hesitating no longer, she moved on through the rain. Once, she glanced back over her shoulder, but Nathan Gobbett had been swallowed up in the darkness. Cautiously, Nancy approached the old stone house from the rear. The light was still shining from a window, and she saw now that it came from the kitchen. The shades were up, and as she drew closer, she was able to peer in. A fat old woman was washing dishes at the sink, her back to the window. She must be the servant Rosemary and Floretta were telling me about, Nancy guessed. I never saw a more surly-looking creature. She looks positively vicious. Nancy Drew was disappointed, for with Nathan Gombat gone, she had hoped to find the house deserted. The presence of the old woman made her mission a very dangerous one. It's now or never, she thought nervously. I must hurry, or Nathan Gombat may return. Cautiously, she moved forward and surveyed the house at close range. With the exception of the kitchen, the shades were pulled down over all of the windows. I may be able to get in a cellar window, Nancy reasoned. With one eye on the kitchen door, she began an investigation. After trying several windows, she found one which had not been locked. Luck is with me, she breathed. Now, if I can get into the house without being detected. The window was a small one and swung back on a hinge. It made a loud grating sound as it opened, and Nancy felt certain the servant must have heard the noise. Frantically, she scrambled through the small opening and dropped to the cellar floor. Before she could prevent it, the window banged shut behind her. <gasps> now I have done it, she thought in a panic. Her fears were confirmed. The kitchen door opened and there was a heavy tread on the back porch. The old servant had heard the noise, and she was coming to find what had caused it. Chapter 18 Inside the Other House Nancy Drew crouched in the dark cellar of the old stone house, scarcely daring to breathe, lest her presence be discovered. She could hear the old woman coming down the path, which led directly to the window through which she had just scrambled. She heard the noise all right, and she's coming to investigate, Nancy thought fearfully. She dared not turn on her flashlight to search for a hiding place, and she dared not remain where she was. If the old woman looked in at the window, as she was almost certain to do, her presence would be detected. Feeling her way in the dark, Nancy moved cautiously forward. She could not see a foot ahead of her, 
and the cellar was unpleasantly musty and damp. Her hand touched something cold and slimy. She recoiled as though she had touched a snake, although in reality it was only an old piece of rubber hose. She could hear the old woman coming nearer and nearer. Unless she found a hiding place quickly, she would be caught. Then her hand touched a doorknob. She turned it eagerly. The door opened readily, and Nancy found herself in a small storeroom. There was no time to search for a better place, so she quickly drew the door to after her. Leaving a tiny crack through which she could peep, she waited anxiously. Almost immediately, she heard a noise at the cellar window, and a light was flashed about. It rested for a moment upon the door of the storeroom, and then moved to another corner. I sure thought I heard something, Nancy heard the old woman mutter, and it was right down in this here basement, too. She continued to flash the long beam of her flashlight here and there about the cellar, and though Nancy could see nothing at the window because of the glare, she imagined that back of the lens she saw two penetrating eyes peering directly into her retreat. If she sees me, Nancy thought, and the prospect of being captured like a thief in the house of Nathan Gombat caused her to crouch closely to the wall, praying that the woman would not discover her. If she decides to come down into the cellar, I'm lost, she told herself. Apparently, the old woman was satisfied that there was nothing wrong in the basement, for after peering in at the window, she moved away, muttering to herself. I reckon my old ears are playing me false, she mumbled. I hear noises that sound like they were in the basement, and it was only in my head. A moment later, Nancy heard the kitchen door slam shut. After waiting several minutes longer, to make sure that the old woman had no intention of returning, she switched on her flashlight and curiously surveyed her surroundings. The storeroom in which she found herself was like any other room of its kind, though it showed neglect. The place was filthy with dirt, and in one corner, some half-rotten potatoes sent up an odor that was anything but pleasant. After assuring herself that there was nothing of interest in the room, Nancy opened the door and quietly stepped out into the main part of the basement. It was a relief to get a whiff of comparatively fresh air. Her purpose in entering the cellar was to discover whether or not there was a secret tunnel connecting the Turnbull mansion with Nathan Gombat's house. Since she had learned that both residences had been built at approximately the same time, she had suspected that such a passageway might be in existence. She had been unable to find an entrance in the cellar of the Turnbull mansion, but she hoped to have better luck in the basement of Gombat's house. Flashing her light over the walls, she searched diligently for a secret opening or a trap door. Obviously, there was no tunnel, which opened out of the basement. The walls appeared to be constructed of solid stone. However, as she moved her light about, she saw a flight of stairs, which led to the first floor of the house. Nancy Drew had no intention of leaving the place until she had made a thorough investigation of the floors above. 
but the stairway she had located led directly into the kitchen. So long as the old servant was working there, she would be held a prisoner in the cellar. I may have to wait here until she goes to bed, she thought dismally. A girl less patient would have given up the search, but Nancy was determined to see the affair through to the end. Unless she here and now unearthed an important clue which would definitely connect Nathan Gombat with the strange happenings and numerous thefts at the Turnbull mansion, she feared that the mystery would forever remain unsolved. She had visited the home of Gombat as a last resort. She was firm in her intention not to return without the evidence, which must be obtained before the old miser could be convicted. The cellar was damp, and Nancy's slicker was but slight protection against the chill night air. Presently she was shivering with cold. This will never do, she chattered. I can't stay here all night. Discomfort made her bold. Impulsively, she crept up the stairway. A door blocked the entrance to the kitchen. Crouching down, she peered through the keyhole. The old woman was still there. She stood with her back to the basement door, ironing. It was slightly warmer on the landing, and Nancy remained there, hoping that some errand would take the woman from the room. After what seemed an interminable wait, the old woman put her ironing board away and, picking up a basket of clothes, went out of the kitchen. Throwing caution to the wind, Nancy gently tried the door. It was not locked. Without making a sound, she opened it and stepped out into the light. Now that she was actually in the kitchen, she did not know which way to turn. As she hesitated, she heard the old woman returning. Frantically, Nancy glanced this way and that. There was not sufficient time to retreat to the cellar. The woman had nearly reached the kitchen. I'm trapped, the girl thought desperately. Then her eyes rested upon a closet door to her left, and with scarcely an instant's consideration, she hastily sought the refuge it afforded. Scarcely had she stepped into the closet and closed the door, when the old woman came back into the kitchen. Without so much as a glance in the direction of the closet, she picked up a pile of ironed linen and again left the room. Nancy could hear her moving about in another part of the house. Now is my chance, she advised herself. If I stay here, I'll be sure to be caught. Quickly, she stepped out of the closet. She listened for a second time to make certain the woman was not returning, and then, without making a sound, darted into the next room. There was no time to look about, for at any moment the old woman might come back and find her there. She must reach the second floor. Where was the stairway? Softly she tiptoed across the floor and opened a door. Fortune favored her, for it was the right one. A narrow, winding stairway, not unlike the one in the Turnbull house, led to the landing above. With her pistol ready for instant use, Nancy Drew crept noiselessly up the stairs. The boards creaked slightly, but she did not pause until she had reached the landing. 
It was pitch dark, and she dared not use her flashlight. She heard a noise and started. That sounded like someone coughing. But I guess it couldn't have been, she decided. My nerves are all on edge tonight. Had she only known it, she stood within twenty feet of the room where her father was held a prisoner. Nancy paused and listened, but the sound was not repeated. She then crept silently along the corridor, unwittingly passing the prison chamber in the dark. The floorboards creaked alarmingly, and at each step she feared someone would spring out and attempt to overpower her. She felt as though unseen eyes were watching her every movement. I must control my nerves, she told herself firmly. By a supreme effort of will, she gained control over herself and moved forward again. Her hand struck a doorknob. Cautiously, she opened the door, wondering what would be revealed. In the inky blackness, she could see nothing, and with sudden daring, switched on her flashlight. As a penetrating beam fell upon an object directly in front of her, she started back in sheer horror. A big owl, with spread wings and wicked glassy eyes, was less than three feet from her. Only by rigid mental discipline did Nancy suppress a cry of fright. Then, as she continued to stare at the huge bird, she relaxed slightly. The owl was stuffed. For a moment, she had forgotten that Rosemary and Floretta had told her that Nathan Gombat was something of a taxidermist. With misgiving, she flashed her light about. What she saw did not tend to lessen her terror. She stood in a room of birds. What a strange hobby, Nancy shuddered. Never had she seen such a collection. The room was crowded with pedestals upon which sat stuffed birds. From one corner, an eagle looked down upon her, and from another, an ugly vulture. There were several crows and odd specimens Nancy did not recognize. It was a gruesome sight. She stared at the figures in fascination and horror, for in the semi-darkness, a score of glassy eyes seemed focused upon her. Nancy's first impulse was to back hastily from the room, but almost immediately she gained control of herself. She would not leave until she had discovered every secret of the old house. As she moved her light about, she saw that there were live birds in the room also, golden canaries in gilded cages. They seemed strangely out of keeping with the ugly stuffed specimens about the walls and upon the pedestals. There were dozens of the little yellow birds, and as a beam from the flashlight struck the cages, they aroused sleepily on their perches and began to chirp and twitter. Canaries, Nancy whispered, impressed at the sight. Now I am sure it was Nathan Gombat who entered the Turnbull mansion. The two canaries which we found in Floretta's room must have come from here. But how did they get there? That is what I must find out before I leave here tonight. She turned toward the door, and as she moved forward, a ray from the flashlight fell upon a large cage, 
which had escaped her notice. Now, for the first time, she saw a brilliantly colored parrot. The bird began to stir restlessly, sensing that she was about to bring disaster upon herself. Nancy switched the light to another portion of the room. Too late! The parrot let out a loud squawk. Go away! it screamed. Go away! Polly wants a cracker! Thoroughly alarmed, Nancy darted toward the door. As she opened the door, she heard a heavy step on the stairs. The old servant was coming to find out what the matter was. Escape was cut off. I could choke that parrot, Nancy told herself almost fiercely. Now I am in a mess. Chapter 19 A Chance Discovery Softly, Nancy Drew closed the door. One quick glance toward the stairway had convinced her that she could not hope to escape into the corridor. Already, the old servant woman, oil lamp in hand, had nearly reached the landing. Fortunately, she was fat and awkward and could not move swiftly. Nancy was thankful for that. The ill-tempered parrot, which had been the cause of all the trouble, was now fully awakened. It began to flutter about angrily in its cage and to squawk louder than before. Go away! Go away! It screeched shrilly, cocking its head and eyeing her slyly. Oh, hush up, you horrid bird! Nancy murmured in an undertone as she scowled at the bird. You've caused enough trouble as it is. She flashed her light about the room in a desperate attempt to find a hiding place. The room was bare of furniture. She rushed to the window and glanced hopefully out. There was no ledge, and the drop to the ground would be suicide. Nancy realized that she had never been in a more dangerous situation. She did not doubt that the old servant woman was as unscrupulous as her master. And what would she do if she found a stranger prowling in the house? Nancy dreaded to consider. At least she would turn her over to Nathan Gombat when he returned. And Nancy could think of no worse fate. Nervously, she gripped her revolver. If the necessity arose, could she defend herself? She had never shot a firearm in her life at anything but a target, and she knew that she could never bring herself to the point of injuring a human being deliberately, even to save herself from capture. Yet, the revolver would serve as a bluff, and perhaps as an effective one. I can't afford to be caught here, she thought. Even if I managed to escape, it would put an end to my investigation, and I haven't learned half enough yet. In her prior survey of the bird room, Nancy had failed to notice a closet door directly behind the parrot's cage. Now, as her eyes turned again in that direction, she saw it for the first time. With a low exclamation of pleasure and relief, she glided toward it. Opening the door, she stepped inside and closed it after her. She was not an instant too soon, for scarcely had she entered the dark recess when she heard the room door open. The old woman came waddling into the room. She flashed her light into the corners of the room and looked about, in a puzzled manner as though unable to understand what had caused the commotion of the birds. Go away! Go away! The parrot cackled, harping on its eternal theme. Polly wants a cracker! 
How come you're so excited tonight, Talkbird? the woman demanded crossly. You're carrying on like a fool with all your squawking and speechifying. Go away, go away, the parrot repeated mechanically, fluttering its wings and swinging saucily on its caged trapeze. Oh, never mind, never mind, the old servant grunted. I'll go away, all right, but before I go, I'm going to cut off your conversation. Provoked that the bird had caused her to make a special trip upstairs, she picked up a piece of heavy canvas from the floor and flung it over the parrot's cage. I reckon that'll hold you for a spell, she muttered. The parrot gave a last dismal squawk and then became quiet. The woman stood beside the birdcage regarding it with satisfaction. She was not more than a yard or two from the closet door, and if she had reached out her hand, she could have touched the handle. Fearful lest she be discovered, Nancy pressed herself against the wall of the closet and remained motionless. She felt a tiny little knob pressing uncomfortably into the hollow of her back, but without a light she could not see what it was. Later, if she escaped detection, she intended to investigate. Now she knew that the slightest noise would bring the enemy down upon her in an instant. For some reason, the old woman showed an inclination to remain, even after she had covered the birdcage. Perhaps she sensed a foreign presence in the room. At all events, she stood near the closet, listening. The room was silent save for the twittering of the canaries. Nancy held her breath in suspense. Would she be discovered? It was a nerve-wracking moment. Again, the woman flashed her light about the room, but she did not turn toward the closet. After a last, careful look around, she moved heavily toward the door. There she paused and appeared to reflect. Can't make out what upset that there bird all of a sudden, she said to herself. Reckon I ain't going to take no chances. With that, she went out and closed the door behind her. Nancy heard a peculiar grating sound, but was at a loss to explain it. The old woman shuffled down the corridor, and as she descended the stairs to the lower floor, her footsteps gradually died away. After waiting several minutes, Nancy emerged from her hiding place. The air had become unpleasantly stuffy within the closet, and she was glad to get out. Avoiding the parrot cage, she crept noiselessly to the door. She grasped the knob and pulled. But to her astonishment, the door did not open. Again she tried, but without success. The door was locked. Now Nancy comprehended the significance of the peculiar grating noise she had heard directly after the woman had left the room. It was the sound of a key turning in the lock. She, Nancy Drew, was a prisoner in the bird room, the chamber of horrors. Now what shall I do? Nancy questioned herself miserably. Oh, why did I ever come to this horrible place anyway? She sank down on the floor and tried to think of a way out of the predicament, but could not. Her zest for adventure had been her undoing. If I ever get out of here alive, 
I'll think twice before I go blundering into anything like this again, she promised herself. Presently, she walked over to the window and glanced toward the Turnbull mansion. If only she could wish herself safely back into her own room. And the worst part of it is that I haven't discovered what I came to find out, she mourned. I'm sure there is a secret panel in this house, but now I'll never find it. I'm certain it wouldn't be in this room. Because there was nothing else to do, she began a half-hearted examination of the walls. As she had expected, she found nothing of interest. She was about to give up in disgust when a sudden thought came to her. She recalled the knob she had felt within the closet. Probably it was nothing, but at least it would do no harm to have a look at it. Flashing her light into the closet, she focused it upon the knob in question. It was a tiny thing, and appeared to have no special purpose. Certainly it was not the right size to serve as an object upon which to hang clothing. I wonder what it is for, the girl asked herself. Curiously, Nancy stepped inside the closet and twisted the knob. She thought she heard a clicking noise. Was it only imagination? Eagerly she examined the back wall of the closet, and her interest quickened. In the dim light, she could make out a long crack. She tapped the wall with her knuckles, and it had a hollow sound. I believe I've stumbled upon something important, Nancy thought excitedly. With all her might, she pushed upon the knob. Unexpectedly, a spring clicked, and the entire side of the closet wall dropped down. Nancy struggled to maintain her balance, but could not. She toppled forward and fell headlong down a steep flight of stone steps. A low cry of pain escaped her, and then she lay still. Chapter 20 The Underground Passage After Nancy Drew had plunged through the opening into the dark abyss, the closet wall clapped back into place. She did not hear the spring click, for before she reached the bottom of a long flight of stone stairs, her head struck a hard object and she lost consciousness. For several minutes, she remained in a limp little heap at the bottom of the stairs. When at last she opened her eyes, she gave a little moan of pain and tried to recollect what had happened. She could see nothing, for she was enveloped in darkness. Gradually, she began to recall the events leading up to the sudden fall through the opening in the wall. She could remember pressing the tiny knob in the closet, but there her memory failed her. Evidently, she had found the secret panel and was now in an underground chamber. As yet, Nancy was too badly shaken to realize the full importance of the discovery. She sat up and gingerly felt of her head. There was a big bump over her left eye. Lucky I wasn't killed, she murmured. She scrambled slowly to her feet and moved first one limb and then another. She had been sorely bruised and scratched in the fall, but so far as she could tell, no bones were broken. In the descent, she had lost both her revolver and flashlight, and she began to grope around in the dark, hoping to find them. 
she found the revolver almost at her feet, but it required a diligent search before her hand struck the flashlight. It had lodged in a corner near the last step. I hope it isn't broken, she thought anxiously as she picked it up. To her relief, the flashlight had not been damaged. When she turned it on, it worked perfectly, but its feeble light illuminated only a small portion of the surroundings. Nancy saw that she had fallen to the very bottom of a long stone stairway. In vain she looked for the opening through which she had plunged. It had vanished as though by magic. That's strange, she murmured, bewildered. I know I fell down those steps. Limping painfully up the stairs, she stared in astonishment at the solid wall at the top. She ran her hands up and down, but could not find the hidden spring. Oh, well, I could probably find it if I hunted long enough, she told herself, but I am only wasting valuable time. I've found the secret passage at last, and, the fates being willing, I intend to find out where it leads. I can investigate this panel later when I have more time. Nancy cautiously descended into the tunnel. The steps were of crudely cut stone and led almost straight down into an inky, uncertain blackness. Beyond stretched a passageway. When she reached the bottom of the steps, she paused, undecided what to do. She did not know where the passage might lead. She might be walking into danger. I'll chance it, she decided. I wouldn't turn back for anything in the world now. The passageway, which stretched uninvitingly before her, was very narrow and only high enough for her to walk without bending over. The sides were built of brick and stone, but the material had begun to crumble, and Nancy feared that at any moment a portion of the walls or ceiling might come tumbling down upon her. Well, here's for it, she decided resolutely. She moved slowly forward, flashing her light ahead of her. The passage was unpleasantly damp and had an earthy smell. Moisture clung to the walls, and there was a cold breeze circulating. I must be underground, she thought. An awful silence reigned in the subterranean passage. The quiet was oppressive. With an anxious glance over her shoulder, Nancy went on. Once, she thought she heard a sigh from someone in distress. Involuntarily, she stopped to listen. I guess it was only the wind, she told herself uncertainly. On she went, deeper into the labyrinth of darkness, feeling her way cautiously. The tiny light from her flashlight but dimly illuminated the passage, and she stumbled and groped her way along timidly. When she accidentally brushed against the stone walls, or put out a hand to save herself from falling, the structure felt clammy and repulsive to the touch. Silly, she chided herself sternly. But in spite of her determination, she could not free her mind from unpleasant supposition. The gruesome sights she had seen in the bird room had made an unpleasant impression upon her. What if the old servant woman had heard her fall down the stairs and knew the secret of the hidden panel in the closet? At this very moment, she might be following. Nancy shivered. In the subterranean passage, cries for help would never be heard. 
she would be entirely at the mercy of anyone who found her trespassing. Her own footsteps seemed strangely loud and echoed in her ears. Oh, if only she would come to the end of the passage. Surely it could not run on forever. The air was cold and damp, and in a number of places, water dripped from the ceiling. Nancy believed that it was rain dripping through the cracks in the cement. In that case, she could not be far underground. Where did the tunnel lead? Perhaps it came out in someone's garden or in a wood. And maybe to a graveyard, Nancy shivered. I've heard of such things. Anyway, I hope not. I've gone through enough for one night. Her head ached from the injury she had received, and she was tired from nervous strain. She was impatient to reach the end of the passage. What would she find there? She could only hope that the exit would not be barred. If such were the case, she would be a prisoner in the underground vault. Of course, she could always return to the surface, but whether or not she could find the hidden spring which controlled the sliding panel was another matter. After a time, she stopped a moment to rest. As she paused, she heard a sound directly behind her. Wheeling, she suppressed a cry of terror. A big rat scurried by, almost at her feet. Ugh, Nancy shuddered. I don't like this place. Still, she would not turn back. After resting a few minutes, she again proceeded. The passage was no longer straight, but twisted and turned in a puzzling fashion. At one place, she came to a point where two tunnels branched off. She hesitated, uncertain which one to take. After a short mental debate, she selected the right-hand one, but as she went on, could not help but feel she had chosen the wrong one. Perhaps she was returning to Gombat's house, doubling back on her trail. Anxiously, Nancy glanced at her flashlight. She had forgotten to bring an extra battery, and she did not know how long the present one would last. The bright light somewhat reassured her, but nonetheless, she quickened her pace. She could think of nothing more horrifying than to be left without a light in such a gruesome place. She tried to take note of the various turns in the tunnel, but presently gave it up as a hopeless task. If she were forced to return, she must depend upon instinct to guide her. I hope I don't get lost, she worried. That would be the crowning misfortune. At last, her foot struck a hard object, and Nancy quickly turned her flashlight upon it. She had reached another stone step. Perhaps she was approaching the exit to the passageway. The thought gave her new courage. As she peered ahead, she saw a long flight of stone steps leading upward. Eagerly, she groped her way up them. It seemed to her that the air became gradually warmer and less damp. I'm coming out of the tunnel at last, she reasoned joyfully. I wonder where I am. At last, the stone steps came to an end. But, to her chagrin, Nancy faced a solid wall. There must be a secret spring if only I can find it, she thought desperately. Anxiously, she flashed her light over the wall. Near the top step, she saw a tiny knob, 
not unlike the one she had discovered in the closet of Nathan Gombert's house. With a cry of satisfaction, she pushed upon it. Slowly the wall swung back, and in amazement, Nancy passed through the opening. The panel grated shut behind her. This is positively spooky, she laughed uncertainly. <laughs> Whoever dreamed there was a place like this anywhere near Cliffwood? It reminds me of the feudal castles. The man who built it certainly had funny ideas. If Nancy had expected to find herself at the mouth of the passage, she was mistaken. Ahead of her was a steep flight of wooden stairs. The steps were very old and offered treacherous footing, and the space between the wells was so narrow that it was with difficulty that she proceeded. She moved forward cautiously, feeling each step. She had climbed but a short distance. When she stepped forward with her right foot, and instead of striking a solid base, found nothing beneath. Only by grasping the step above did she save herself from a fall. Quickly focusing the light down upon the step, she was able to see that the bottom of it was missing. The flooring had rotted entirely away. That was a lucky escape, she said inwardly. I might have broken my leg there. Carefully avoiding the hole, she moved on. A dozen more steps, and she reached a landing. Here, several narrow flights of stairs branched off. What could it mean? Where was she? Nancy felt reasonably certain that she was inside a house, but whether she had returned to Gombit's dwelling, she had no way of telling. After a slight hesitation, she selected one of the flights and continued to climb. The steps were in terrible condition, and at any moment she expected to crash through the half-decayed wood. Far above, she thought she could see a dim light filtering through a crack, and she hurried eagerly on. She was so anxious to reach the top of the stairs that she failed to notice that her flashlight was growing dimmer and dimmer. Just as she came to the end of the steps, the light blinked. Then, for the first time, Nancy glanced down and saw that the bulb was dim. The battery was nearly exhausted. A few moments more, and she would be plunged in darkness. Ahead, she caught a glimpse of a huge metal ring on the wall. What it was, she had no idea, but it offered her her only hope of escape from the staircase. Just as her hand reached out and grasped it, the flashlight flickered again. Then it went entirely out. Nancy Drew was left in darkness. Chapter 21 The End of the Passage Panic momentarily took possession of Nancy Drew as her light flickered out. She was a prisoner within the secret staircase. Without a light, there was little hope that she could find the exit. After her first fright had passed, she began to think more logically. Through a crack in the wall, a dim light filtered. Unquestionably, she had reached the end of the passage, and if only she could find the secret, the wall would open. Perhaps the metal ring will open the panel, she thought hopefully. Grasping it firmly with both hands, 
she pulled with all her strength. A trap door fell back so unexpectedly that Nancy nearly lost her balance and tumbled down the stairs. Only by maintaining her hold on the ring did she save herself. Beyond the opening she could see a room. Where was she? Had she doubled back and thus returned to Nathan Gombert's dwelling? Scarcely daring to breathe, lest her presence be discovered, she crawled through the opening and hastily scrambled to her feet. The room was dimly lighted by one window, and as she glanced toward it, Nancy was surprised to see moonbeams shining upon the casement. Evidently she had been within the passage for some time, as it had stopped raining. In the dim light she could not make out her surroundings. She moved forward with the utmost caution. As she groped her way, she reached out with her hand and touched something. It was a piece of furniture. Eagerly she felt of it, and then smiled broadly. She knew that old highboy. She remembered seeing it the day she had searched the Turnbull attic. Nancy's anxiety fell from her like a cloak. She leaned against the highboy and chuckled softly. Now she knew where she was. She had traveled from Gombat's house, underground, to the Turnbull mansion. The stairs she had ascended had led up the side of the house to the attic. Undoubtedly, the other flights she had passed led to other portions of the old house. But why had she failed to discover the trapdoor when she had first examined the attic, she wondered to herself. Certainly she had made a thorough search. I can't see a thing without a light, she grumbled mentally. I suppose I'll have to wait until morning before I can investigate this attic again. Nancy did not close the trap door, for she was afraid that if she did, she might never again find the spring which opened it. In the morning she would visit the attic, and again enter the hidden staircase. Now I'll go to my room and try to sleep, she decided. It's long past midnight, and I'm dead tired. Softly she crept forward, feeling her way out of the attic. She found the stairs which led to the floor below and quietly descended them. I hope Floretta and Rosemary don't hear me, she chuckled. If they do, they'll think the ghost is abroad again. She slipped past Rosemary's bedroom and reached her own in safety. What an adventure, she sighed happily, as she closed the bedroom door behind her and lighted a candle. What a night! I hope I'll never go through another as harrowing. Still, I wouldn't have missed it for worlds. Hastily, she undressed and crawled into bed, but she did not fall to sleep at once. Instead, she lay awake staring up at the ceiling. As she pieced together the information she had secured from every source, she comprehended the value of her night's work. She understood it all now. Nathan Gombat was the guilty party. It was he who had visited the Turnbull mansion at frequent intervals, frightening the old ladies and stealing their valuables. Since Nancy had learned that he wished to buy the Turnbull property at a ridiculously low figure, she had been convinced that it was Nathan who made nightly visits to the mansion. But without definite proof of her theory, she could not lay her case before the authorities. Now she had the necessary proof probably the secret tunnel which connected Gombat's house with the Turnbull residence, 
had been built before Civil War days and had been planned as a protection against possible marauders. At that time, the Turnbull brothers had been friendly, and Nancy imagined that they used the passage frequently as a means of going from one house to the other. But with the Civil War, the brothers had become enemies, and the passageway had been closed up. With the passing of the years, it had been forgotten, until now the descendants could recall nothing about it. In some way, undoubtedly by accident, Nathan Gombat had stumbled upon the entrance. He had determined to use the knowledge to further his own ugly schemes. Probably there are openings on each floor, Nancy thought. It would be easy for Nathan to go from one room to another without being discovered. It would be just like him to hide and listen to any conversation he could. She recalled the strange, threatening note she had received, which had warned her not to meddle with the affairs of the Turnbulls. She was convinced that Gombat had sent the message. He had heard Floretta and Rosemary discussing the letter, and in that way had learned that she was expected to arrive. The loss of the pocketbook, the silver spoon, the urn, the pin, and Floretta's dresses could easily be explained. Nathan had entered the house by the secret staircase and had taken the things. There must be an opening into the library, Nancy told herself. I intend to find it tomorrow if I have to chop down the wall. It was no longer a mystery how the canaries had reached Floretta's room. Probably, Nathan had accidentally left the entrance to the tunnel open on one of his visits to the mansion, and the birds had flown through the opening and had found their way to the house, or possibly the miser had brought them with him. The loud cry which had been heard in the night was easily explained. Nathan Gombat had fallen over the broken step on the stairway and had hurt himself. Served him right, too, Nancy thought with some pleasure. Satisfied that she had solved the mystery, she turned over in bed and tried to go to sleep. But she could not. Worries began to beset her. Until Nathan Gombat was brought to justice, her work was not accomplished. It would not be easy to capture him, she knew, for the miser was a desperate man when crossed. If only her father were at home to give her advice. What can have become of him, she fretted, as she tossed restlessly in bed. I'm so worried. If I don't hear from him tomorrow, I must report him missing to the police. Not until it was nearly dawn did she fall into a troubled sleep. This is your host, Catherine Lopez Luker. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Stories Come to Life. Be sure to join us next time when we continue to listen to The Hidden Staircase. You can find a link to our podcast on the Marshall Public Library webpage, www.marshallpl.org. I'll talk to you again soon.